You're listening to Nowhere to Run with Chris White on the Revelations Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome to Nowhere to Run. Thank you for tuning in, however it is that you found the show, whether it was through Revelations Radio Network, Revere Radio Network, the Black Belt Radio Network, iTunes, YouTube, whatever. I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that you found the show. If you want to contact me for any reason, maybe you have questions about uh, this show, anything I've said in the past, the Bible, Christianity, I love to answer all the questions, so email me there by hitting the contact button, or you can comment in the uh, in the comment section, although the email is probably a little bit better. I have a better system for getting back with you there. And sometimes it takes me a few days, especially if it's on a weekend, but I will always get back to you, especially if your question is uh, um, you know, pertinent to one of those issues that I mentioned. But, of course, I try to get back to everybody and do almost 98% of the time. That's a good number. Okay, so there is one reason why I haven't... Uh, I've been with you guys for about two weeks, is that uh, since the release of the David Icke movie, I've been really busy with emails and uh, talking with people and things like that, people that were former fans and, and people with a lot of questions about David Icke, so that has been keeping me pretty busy. By all measuring sticks, the David Icke movie has been very successful. It It's in its first uh, you know two weeks here, almost... 17, almost 18,000 views on my YouTube channel, and it's been uploaded in different places. It's posted all around the internet, spreading all all over the place, and that, and I really do think that it's got much more potential to go much further than that. I, I really do expect this to be just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what it can do. I, I do hope and pray, and I hope that you uh, pray with me, that this could go uh, supernova, as some say. The reason is, is because... Uh, has been shown to me that this has been a very fruitful video. Um, of all the things that I've done, this seems to have a particular effect, the desired effect that it would really, uh, people would really sit through it, that they would listen to it, that they, they would understand it, and that they that the Lord would go with it as the gospel was presented, and that it would be strongly with the uh, with the video, so that uh, people could understand. The gospel as well, which was presented towards the end there, and I think that it has been fruitful. And so, a lot of my prayer now is to have more people see it. And uh, it's been, uh, you know, the DVDs and everything are are free, and all the downloads are free. And I've been shipping a lot of those out, mostly actually to uh, a global audience. Actually, probably a majority of the people that I've uh, sent DVDs to have been uh, non-Americans. So it's been pretty interesting the scope of of it too but i do expect it to be uh much much better and i think that once different things happen i mean right now it's not been able to be posted on david ike's forums because they keep deleting it which is not uh terribly unexpected um but but other people are now trying to post it, and of course they're finding that it's getting deleted too. And they may be actually fans of it, you know, wanting to post it there so people can discuss it or, or something like that. And and they're getting kind of weirded out that it's being censored from there. And I think that's equally weird that David seems to promote his sort of rather ridiculous detractors, those people that call him a Freemason because of his handshake, and those people that, uh, you know, say that 
you know, Photoshop pictures and, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> stupid, stupid attacks on him. He's just, you know, flaunts around like, look at these attacks of me, you know, whoa, me the martyr. But then, you know, front page of his website literally is, is that kind of stuff. But this doesn't seem to make it through even the forums. Uh, and that's a, that is a good thing in the long run. Those kinds of things only serve to, uh, to make people more interested. The, Website, the YouTube website, uh, nowhere to run 1984.com. The original one is still shut down. I did find a way to appeal that process and I am considering the appealing of that. But because of some minor issues there, which I'm not really going to go into right now because I'm not sure what I want to divulge legally in case Greg Braden is listening, but I, I think I might hold off on that for right now. Uh, and just keep going on with the backup YouTube channel and work on that channel. In the meantime, my goal, since that channel, one of the greatest things about the first channel being shut down by Greg Braden, and is that I found out that the other one could it, um, upload unlimited length videos. So that was great with the David Icke video, and I really want to plan to make that a totally useful YouTube site. It has the ability to upload full-length videos, so I'm going to really try to, while I still have that ability, um, make the most, most use of that. I've just recently uploaded Zeitgeist Refuted Final Cut, and I want to try to do that with more videos that I think people that are new to all this are going to really be benefited from. Uh, I just talked with Ben Stanhope, who did a debunkumentary, if you will, on Jordan Maxwell in that style, and he really did a terrific job with it. So I want to upload that in a full-length style because it's in seven parts. And so so I just want to provide more information for people. I want to be a servant more to those people. I know what it was like and what I would have wanted and would have been really excited to find when I was just figuring out all this stuff. So with this ability to put up the full-length videos, which I do think is coming YouTube-wide probably pretty soon, so it's not really that big a deal, but at least uh, while I have the opportunity, I want to try to do that. So more projects on the way, but but really the main project that I felt like I wanted to work on the last week and a half or so has been more of an input instead of an output, which is I felt strongly that I need to start learning on a higher level, I've been thinking a lot about seminary and stuff like that. Not actually going to a seminary because I don't feel like I have the time or the money to go to a seminary, and I'm not even sure that's what I really should do. But I do feel like because of the nature of the Internet, because of all the free material that's out there, I can go to seminary and get all the information without any of the hassle. So there are things like, I mean, some of the greatest seminaries that I would, act, there's two of them that I would really like to attend, and both of them have just about all, if not all, for one of them, their courses in audio online on places like iTunes U, as it's called, and here they have their lectures. Now, I'm not in the classes, I'm not uh, reading the textbooks necessarily, and not doing the homework, and not doing a lot of the, those kinds of things, asking questions or, or that kind of thing, but I am listening to the lectures, I am getting the gist of it, and understanding it quite a lot. I, I don't know what it's for or, or whatever. I know that I know that it doesn't have any actual application in the real world, world necessarily. I mean, you can't go up to somebody and say, well, I didn't go to seminary, but I listened to a lot of seminary. 
on my iPod. And so I, I don't expect anybody to, you know, give me credit except for God. I do think that God could be like, hey, you know, if you if you learn this stuff, you know, I've got other stuff I could bring to you that you could deal with. I think that's the interesting thing about evangelism, about ministry, is that God is sort of the one bringing the stuff to you, and he always meets you where you're at. You may not know a whole heck of a lot about um, the Bible yet or whatever, but you do have your story, your testimony, your experiences. If you've experienced the grace of God and you know what that feels like, and you know what it, it feels like to be you know, forgiven of your sins and, and, and all that stuff. If you have that personal sort of experience, it, he can use you to meet um, and meet you where you're at and bring people to you that need exactly what you know. They might not need any other thing except for what you know. And that's where prayer comes in because he's the one doing all the, the work. Um, so I would pray, and I've said this before, but just to pray that the Lord would bring people to you that you can help. And you'll find that evangelism and talking to people and helping people, that's what this is really about. Helping people is not a chore. It's you have the answer to their biggest problem. And so that is a, a really great thing that, uh, that occurs there. And I think that's part of what this is. I'm not sure I've, I've been taking some courses here on pastoral counseling and these kinds of things because it seems like especially lately with the ike thing and before that even my email load and the um talking with people had has been getting pretty pretty heavy and i felt strongly one of the things that uh, this this made me think and be convicted of was that i was i was being really lazy with quoting scripture that people needed i mean i would like say it say it in passing. It's like, you know, it says that, you know, blah, 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 whatever the thing was, but I wouldn't really quote it and sort of get lazy about it. And so I was thinking, man, I, I, you know, other, if I'm not doing that, if I'm not like applying their situation to the Bible, cause the Bible's covered everything, you know? So if I'm not finding what helps them there and at least, you know, adding that onto it, I'm really just giving them advice. And that's really, that's really not uh, ultimately going to be what they need. They don't need my advice. They need, you know, the truth. So, so I decided I was going to start trying to, with regularity, give them at least one scripture that applies to their situation, whether they, you know, needed it or not, and sort of get in the habit of it. One of the tools that I found for that were, was, um, a topical dictionary, uh, on my eSword. There's two of them. One is called Nave, N-A-V-E, and the other, uh, Tory, T-O-R-R-E-Y, and it's great. You just type in stuff like uh, ambition here, and we've got all this stuff from... It just it finds all these different things in the Bible about ambition. It's really a really great thing. And, of course, I really like Esword the way that it's it functions, and I have all my commentators here and all the different Bible versions there. And, you know, on that topic of Bible versions, I've been, I've been becoming something of a Bible version addict. I told you not too long ago how I got the New American Standard and I really uh, liked it and had all the you know stuff from the the Texas Receptus and margins or not in margins but actually in brackets and I was really enjoying that and I started finding other translations that I really liked reading I I, I like reading different translations for different reasons now um, I, I go to this used bookstore sort of a reformed kind of Christian bookstore and they have just like cheap this bible cost me like it's still got the price there no it doesn't anymore it costs like a dollar fifty or something like that for for this one and um 
I don't know. I've really, I don't know if it's because of that or, or whatever, but I've just been like a laser beam focused on uh, reading the Bible. It's just been really uplifting to have these words jump off the pages at me a lot more. So anyway, sort of a side note there. Let's get into some of the other things on my list here. I think that I don't know if I mentioned or not, I had been on a few different uh, interviews recently. Two of them, well, I guess all of them were about the David Icke video. View from the Bunker with Derek Gilbert. That one's on the Revelations Radio Network right now. I will actually put these on the show notes, the links if you want to download them and listen to them. That was the second hour there, so the first hour is uh, with a Christian filmmaker guy. The other one was the Tim and Mike show. Tim and Mike show was the most recent show added to the Revelations Radio Network, and they are in the same slot on Talk Show that the Frank and Chris show used to be on. So if you missed that conversation and fellowship going on with that was going on with the Frank and Chris show, go on over to the Tim and Mike show. You'll find a lot of the same people are there, and it's a really great show. And I was on there in the second hour, so. You can check that out. I'll put that link in the show notes. And the last one I wanted to mention was Doc from uh, from Hardtail News. Always a pleasure being on with Doc. We talked about David Icke for the, I believe, second hour of that show, too. So you can go to the show notes, check out all those in the in the website. One other thing I would want to mention real quick is uh, the conference that CJ from Sword of the Spirit on the Revelations Radio Network is putting on April 1st and 2nd in Indiana. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the show yet, but I guess it's a good time to start. The The website is Politics of Religion. Still got a lot of work to do on that website. I just noticed that the dates are not on there. So I'll put that on there somewhere. Politics of Religion, we've got a lot going on with that. Basically, I'll, I'll read what he says here as the as the sort of thing on the front page of the website. It says, As believers in Jesus Christ, our views and politics are swayed by what we believe the Bible teaches us. When we vote, we cast our ballots based on what uh, we believe is truth. There is only one truth, that of Jesus Christ. But what would happen if the truth we believe we know isn't fact, just opinion? This conference is a journey on the search for truth based on Jesus Christ as it relates to our country, our political representatives, and even the founding of America. So that's kind of the theme. The speakers so far will be um, Derek Gilbert, Mike Tater, or otherwise known as Tom Bionic, Michael Bennett, Dr. Michael Bennett, otherwise known as Dr. Future, uh, me, Chris White, Andrew Hoffman, the author that we've had on this show before, and Chris Pento, the great filmmaker uh, that uh, has done a number of you know really good films about this particular topic. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be at uh, a Holiday Inn there. Let's see if I can find out exactly where and everything. Um, yeah, it's Fort Wayne, Indiana, and there are links to the Holiday Inn there on Schaefer Drive. So it's going to be great. There's going to be food provided. It's just a really great time. You can pre-order your tickets now, and I'm sure it will be a pretty amazing time. There's going to be more talk about that, I'm sure, as the as the months go by in preparation for it. So far, I'm not exactly sure what my presentation was going to be on. I talked a little bit about it on the Tim and Mike show with CJ because he was on in the first hour talking about the conference, and I had not really solidified what I was going to be talking about but I think that it may have something to do with Matthew 24, which we've been studying on at verse-by-verse verse Bible teaching. Speaking of, another quick show note about that. Took the week off of both verse-by-verse verse Matthew 24 and verse-by-verse verse the study through the Psalms. Mike's out of town and just a lot of stuff going on with Christmas and stuff. So 
Speaking of Christmas, let's move on to that topic, which is only four days away now. I've had lots of people ask me about Christmas, what should we do? So I'm sure that other people are having similar thoughts. I'm aware, as most of you probably are, some of you are, that Christmas is rooted in pagan traditions. And that's pretty much where it comes from. The date, anyway, was... Uh, you know, rooted in, in Roman religion and all these ideas. And I used to take a very hardline stance on this when I first found it out. I was one of those that, you know, really wouldn't celebrate it. If people asked me to come to the Christmas party, I'd be like, no, sir, I'm very pious and you don't know anything about what you're doing and you guys are all whatever in trouble. And I, everything and that was to varying degrees where I was for, you know, the passing years and last year it really started to soften up a little bit not because of weakness but just because of really i think a realization of um you know the uh, things that are matters of the heart now i when people ask you to go to christmas parties when people ask you when you you know your family and stuff like that uh, i certainly go to those and i realize that you know this is something that that you know, for certain people, it's the most Christian they're ever going to be in their life. Your your drunk uncle, that's the most Christian your drunk uncle is going to be all year. He he doesn't care if it's uh you know he thinks it's about Jesus. It's the one time you can talk to your drunk uncle if you want to about Jesus and it not be out of place. <laughs> I mean, go to the Christmas party, spend time with your family, let them see. Um, what uh, Christ is doing in your life. I, I just see it as a matter of the heart. You know, pagan rituals and the past were you were having to sacrifice to an idol, participate in some, you know, sexual practice, eat meat, sacrifice to idols. There were really good reasons for Christians not to participate in pagan festivals. Uh, this is... In our American culture, at least, I can't speak for all the cultures of the world or whatever, it's mostly just eating with your family. It's mostly getting together with your family and these kinds of things. Don't don't forsake that. Um, some of your family really needs you. You've been praying for them all year. You know, go see how they're doing. Go uh, talk with them, even if it's just to show them what God is doing in your in your heart and your life. So, uh, you know, and... And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I don't celebrate it in my heart. I don't really have anything going on. I mean, I want to have trees or lights or those kinds of things. And and I'm not really big. I mean, compared to anybody else in the world, I'm certainly not uh, going all out for Christmas. I don't buy presents for anybody except I absolutely have to, you know, like uh, the nieces and stuff like that. My wife, I, I buy her. We, we both are sort of... Um, on the same mindset here anyway it's just it's just presence you just want to do something good for her. i we're on such a tight budget most of the year it's great to be able to have an excuse to buy her something nice and whatever so that is what i wanted to say about christmas that's uh the christmas message nowhere to run christmas message for this year stay tuned for next year when it'll most likely be totally different so next thing i wanted to talk about is worry i know a lot of us have a lot of worry because we are looking into things that are very worrisome, like, oh, I don't know, we've been talking about economic collapse now for 10 years, that eventually wears on you, um, that there's poison in the food, in the water, etc., etc., all this stuff that is true, that bad men are, have done bad things in the past, are planning to do worse things in the future, 
98% of this stuff is accurate and we have or would have good cause to worry. Um, but there is another side to that story. Now, we know from the Bible, we, when people talk about worry, we're always really quick to quote verses like this. When uh, Jesus says in Luke twelve twenty two, starting with 22, um, then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, they do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, and yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why would you worry about the rest? These quotes are from the NIV, NIV because I copied and pasted these from a website that had a bunch of them listed. And what I would suggest to you, and what's been coming up pretty strongly recently, is that besides worry being, mm, you know, not a good thing, worry is a sin, and it should be repented of. Worry is indicative that you don't really believe the Bible. Yes, the Bible, oh yes, we believe that, but God can't really help me out of this stuff. You know, being in that place of anxiousness, of worry, is is dangerous to uh, to you. It, it says in Proverbs 12 that an anxious heart weighs a man down. And that's true. That's, that's the opposite of what we're supposed to be. Um, Psalm 34, verse 4 says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. A direct command. Do not be anxious about what? Some things? Some things that you have, don't have control over? About anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. One of my favorite books of all time, Changed My Life, and it will change yours too if you get it. It's called Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret. This verse is his spiritual secret. Basically, this is this is what, what it is. Do not be anxious about anything, and he had plenty to be anxious about. But in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So put it all on God's desks. Yes, I know there are plenty of things to be anxious about. I'm not trying to downplay that. But give them to God. Make sure you pray about them, you know, and pray about them often. Um, uh, but And then what is the promise? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's a real thing. Uh, how real is that? How real is this, this peace of God, which transcends all understanding in the midst of the trials and the anxiety? Read Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret, and uh, you'll see exactly how real that is. Um, but but I think the most, the most important part here is that you have to pray about them. You have to take the take the act of, of actually putting them on God's desk, not just assuming that God knows that you're anxious and that, uh, you know, um, he doesn't want you to be. He, he he might have good purposes for it a lot of times. That's what really the freedom, I think, comes in in all this stuff is that um, that he has good purposes in these things. Romans 8.28, for all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's a pretty solid promise. And what does it say after that? It, it's to It's for the purpose of bringing you into 
conforming you more to the image of Christ. So sometimes that may take the shape of trials. God wants to go through the trials with you. He doesn't always want to yank you out of the trials uh, because he has purposes for that. And if you really understand that, then instead of cursing God uh, as the trials come, you can be in continual prayer as you go through the trials and you'll find that that is, uh, that is where the real learning happens. Unfortunately, that's how we learn. And on the other side of that, as there always is an under, other side of that, it all makes sense. Uh, but that's not really what I wanted to talk about either. What I wanted to talk about is the fact that this really is a sin. Um, a good example is in the Old Testament, I think, in Psalm chapter 78. Now, this is a recap here of what happened earlier in, I think it's the book of Exodus, where God had just brought the Israelites out of Egypt by, we'll say, miraculous means. I mean, huge miracles were happening, parting of the Red Sea kind of thing. He split the rock. Um, millions of people standing around this rock saying, oh my gosh, we're going to die of thirst. Out here. We're in the middle of the desert. There's millions of us. We've got tons of animals here. We need a ton of water. A lot, lot, lot of water is what we need. And can this God that part of the Red Sea, can he just make a river show up? I mean, what, what's he going to do? And the splitting of this rock, um, which I would suggest to you is a very real rock. And I think you can see pictures of this rock split with water erosion going up through the middle of the split online, um, where I think the real, uh, the real, um, Mount Sinai is Jabal al Laws in Saudi Arabia. And you could probably find video of that if you if you Google it. Uh, how do you spell that? Jabul, J-A-B-L, Al, I think it's A-L, Laws, L-A-W-S. Anyway, um, or maybe it's Z. Anyway, you'll find it. The real Mount Sinai, Google something like that. You can see this rock, and you can see the basin around it, enough to be a pool of for millions of people to drink from. I mean, it's a huge, huge thing. So... We've got this, the pillar of fire by uh, night, a pillar of cloud by day leading them. Miracles, okay? So, and then what, what the interesting thing is, is then they start to murmur, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? If memory serves, I think manna had already showed up and they were getting tired of manna and they started to murmur about meat. They wanted meat. Can God, yes, manna he can do, but meat he can't do. That's the way I remember it, but this psalm seems to kind of lean towards that it was manna too. But in any case, I'm going to read this psalm to you, which is sort of recapping this. It says, Marvelous things did he do in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime he also led them with a cloud, and in the night with a light of fire. He claved the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink. As out of the great depths, he brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And, and they tempted God in their hearts, asking for meat in their lusts. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock, and the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and the anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. Though they had commanded the clouds uh, from above and open, though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, and they had rained down and had rained down manna of heaven to eat, and had given them uh, of 
of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food, and he sent them meat to the full. So God does provide for them here, but it is their their short-sightedness and their disbelief in God. And we see this all throughout this whole time. And, and you can see this in his dealings with the Israelites continually. Did I not do such and such and such and such? And it doesn't always have to go back to the parting of the Red Sea. It can go back to, you know, pretty recent things. Did I not do this? And yet you still don't believe me. And I want to ask you, how many things, you you Christian out there, that have been a Christian for a year, or two years, three years, or, or much more, how many things, if you started writing writing them down, uh, happened to you that at the time you knew there wasn't any logical, there wasn't any natural way that it could have happened? That it was definitely, at the time, a miracle, and you knew it, and there wasn't anybody in the world that could tell you that that wasn't a miracle because it was so impossible, and you had been praying for it, and praying for it, and praying for it, and you were in desperate need for it. How many of those things, if you started writing writing them down, you could fill pages of them? I know I could. Uh, I, I know that the sad thing is, is that I don't really remember all those things. I remember the instances of, of joy and praise, but I don't always remember the instance. And that's part of our nature. It's it's something that I think we should war against our nature, our, our desire, or ability, I guess, supernatural ability to forget uh, the things that God has done for us. I would even suggest writing them down for real. Keeping a journal of those things. Write down all the ones that you can remember. Post it up somewhere. Frame it. Whatever. So you can constantly say, God really is who he says he is, and he really does listen to me, and he loves me, and he wants what's best for me. It would be foolish for me to say that God cannot um, provide a table in the wilderness. And, and that includes what we're looking at. You know, financial collapse potential famine and all the other things that we're told to be worried about um what god can't can't do that i mean even in the pages of the bible he's done that i mean you know joseph in egypt the famine there proverbs 3 verse 5 and 9 says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight do not be wise in your own eyes fear the lord and shun evil this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones and Psalm 42, verse 5 says, Why art thou downcast, O my soul? Why so distributed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So, to conclude on that point, worry is a sin. Worry is not something that is part of our job description as Christians. We're not supposed to, and there's emphatic declarations not to. We know why we shouldn't. We know that worrying is a declaration that you don't really trust God, and it's unnecessary. Reflect on the things that he's done in your life, and if you haven't experienced all that stuff, begin now. Now is a good time to begin that relationship, begin that trust in him, give him opportunities. Sometimes you have to walk out in faith, as just about everybody in the Bible did, is when, you know, what really made Jesus happy in the Bible was when people had faith in him. Almost every miracle that he performed, he said, your faith has healed you. It was because, uh, I was just reading last night in Luke, uh, was it Luke 17, when he told the lepers to go, you know, uh, go show the priests that you've been been healed. 
And they turned and started walking to the priest before they were healed. It was them that turned, that it was their turning itself, the walking away that had healed them. And Jesus tells the guy that comes back that uh, his faith has healed him. Now, now that's, that's people stepping out in faith uh, that God is there. And to begin that is really easy. It's just childlike faith. It's trusting who he is. If you don't know who he is, if you don't, and the best thing to do is to begin to dialogue with him. He's the God of the universe. He knows who you are, and he knows everything about you. There's no reason to pretend with him. There's no reason to um, have any pretense with him. Just begin to ask him about himself if you don't know him. Ask him to show you, and then look uh, in his word to have him start to reveal it to you. Um, pray for the things that you need. Let him show you that uh, he is concerned about you and that he wants to help you. This is, these aren't uh, you know selfish prayers of give me a million dollars, but they are prayers of the things that you genuinely need. And let him let him show you how this relationship with him operates. So that's what I would suggest for you that are already in this walk to recollect and remember all the things that God has done for you and to not forget them and to know that he is the same God that did all those miracles back then. And of course, nothing is too too much for him to do. So uh, it's good to remember that as we go into a time period that it's going to require us to have more faith. It's It's an if the times are harder, we need to be more faithful. And there's going to be a world out there that needs um, faithful people uh, because we're going to need more and more power from on high to minister to this dying world and this dark world. So it's a good to good time to draw closer to him, to really make that relationship with him uh, even stronger. And that is, of course, through faith. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into a few last things I want to talk about. First of all, it was there was uh, uh, some clips I wanted to play. This is from a group called Destiny Lab, and they have been good friends for a while now. They've done uh, they're a rap group. They are very similar in beliefs to uh, the things that I talk about. As far as the new world order and its sort of new age agenda, there's lots of uh, there's lots of stuff they did. One song in particular I'm thinking of is "Evolve or Die." I talk about that a lot in in different places, and they actually have a song called "Evolve or Die," talking about this idea of a of a new evolution. And they talk about I think they have one called "Ezekiel's Wheels," talking about the alien deception and all these sorts of things. They they have a new album out. And uh, they sent me a copy of it, and it's really good. I thought I would play just two clips from it real quick, about a minute each, and link you to the site, uh, which is on the sidebar of my site, NowhereToRunRadio.com. Just on the sidebar, you're going to see an icon uh, over there on the right called Destiny Lab. I believe it's DestinyLab.com. But let's just play a few clips from this. This 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 album is sort of themed. I think the second song I'll play is more obvious, but the, it's really themed as kind of creation versus evolution, but a lot of questions. And really, it actually glorifies God and the Bible in lots and lots of different ways. In fact, as I was listening to a lot of the songs on it, it really reminded me of uh, praise music in some in some sort of uh, respects. But uh, it's. If uh, you're not a big rap fan, that's uh, okay. It only lasts about two minutes here, this clip. But uh, hang with me here. Listen to Destiny Lab. 
Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. So are the days of our lives. So are the days of days of our lives, lives. Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. We live in historic times, and it's incredible to see what's unfolding before our eyes. So many lies, so much deception. I think we're nearing the end, is what I'm guessing. But as a Christian, my faith is just shrinking. Wars and rumors of wars on the horizon. And if we have to walk on the path of the valley of death, we will fear no evil. Because we know that there's a sequel to the greatest story ever told without an equal. And so we speak with one voice and one vision. We walk day to day in our faith and our mission. We are a sign of the times. And this next one is the first song on the album, and it has the theme of evolution, which a lot of the songs have as well. You'll see what I mean. Watch your species, watch your origin. We owe our lives to God before ignoring Him. What do we expect when the whole human race thinks that just a mistake like the planet of the apes? Watch your species, watch your origin. We owe our lives to God before ignoring Him. What do we expect when the whole human race thinks that just a mistake like the planet of the apes? Surprised in the rise of these natural disasters, floods and hurricanes, terrorists looking to blast your earthquake destruction, volcanic eruptions, catastrophic storms coming biblical proportions, waves of devastation, pain and isolation. I wonder if a witness in the days of Okay, so that's Destiny Lab, and that new album has like 15 or something tracks on it, something like that. The album is called The Evolution Antidote, Destiny Lab, 17 tracks actually. And you can go to their website, which is destinylab.com, and you can also find that link on this, on my website, which is nowhere2runradio.com, the sidebar there. One other thing I wanted to mention here, I just am putting this edit in as I just saw that uh, Terry Melanson over there at conspiracyarchive.com has blogged a pretty nice blog here called Ike Demystified. And if you go to, let's see here, just go to conspiracyarchive.com slash blog and you'll see the December 19th, 2010 entry from Terry Melanson. I'll link it in the show notes. Thanks to him for uh, blogging about that, about David Ike. I'm sure that will definitely help out a lot. And finally, I'm going to play a clip here from Paul Washer. This is a really great clip, about 13 minutes long. Powerful preaching in this clip, a brand new clip series from I'll Be Honest on YouTube. Their name, one word, I'll Be Honest. And I really like it. It's just, it was really powerful. I know I've been playing a lot of Paul Washer clips, but as soon as I find another preacher that preaches this powerfully and and I, I will gladly play the clips from them instead but this is a really good clip i think it answers uh, some questions that a lot of people have about paul washer in the clip too so that's uh, helpful but uh nevertheless let me go ahead and play it i think you'll really enjoy it and then i'll talk to you on the other side of it here we go i count myself among the old men who look for christ in every line of the old testament if Christ be removed from the Old Testament, if everything there is not a picture of Him, then I am left with nothing but moral stories. 
The animal slain to cover the nakedness of our first parents, that was Christ. The ark that weathered the deluge, that was Christ. The ram caught in the thicket by its horns, that was Christ. The temple and its sacrifices, that was Christ. He is the seed of Abraham and one greater than Moses and Joshua. When I read of Samson ripping up the gates of that city and throwing them down, I see Christ ripping up the gates of hell and throwing them down like they were the tiniest feather on the smallest fowl. Let me tell you something. I know Paul Washer. And I need more than proverbs and maxims and moral stories. I need a mighty God who can wrestle this man to the ground and save him. Jesus has really risen and he has appeared to us. We have seen him with our own eyes. Now, what do we learn about that? If you are going to be a missionary or a preacher, you cannot rely on the secondhand testimony of others. You cannot rely on the testimony of Calvin alone or Piper alone or even something you parrot from Scripture. You yourself must experience the resurrected Christ. You must be born again to testify of the new birth. You say, why do you say that to pastors? Because so many are not born again. You must be broken to testify of repentance. You must believe to testify of faith. You must know something of the filling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you're going to give testimony to the power of the Spirit. And you must know Him to testify of Him. We are not going to spread the gospel into this whole world through the cleverness of our minds, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't care what you think about the words. Let me ask you, are you clothed with power from on high? Sometimes the only thing that will ever keep you going is that He has risen. He has risen indeed. He has risen indeed. Your sins are gone. He has risen indeed. The world has a Savior. He has risen indeed. The universe has a King. He has risen and one day, with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, you will too. And I can't wait to see your beauty on that day. It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. You must know it for yourself. You cannot depend upon the testimony of your godly grandmother or your mother or even men around you that you greatly esteem. You must know it for yourself. My goodness, some of us should just leave and get alone with God. The missionary, the preacher must be entirely convinced of the grace of God. Because every day when you get up and you look in that mirror, you know you are called to proclaim a message that you yourself cannot even live up to. You need grace, you need grace, you need grace. But someone says, if you throw that much grace around, it'll be a license for sin only among the unconverted church members. Oh, they will take it as an excuse for sin. And the ungodly pastors will take it as an excuse for sin. But I want you to know this. The genuinely converted will say this. If grace be such, 
If it be so large and so wide, depths I cannot sound, then oh, let me be holy. Oh, let me serve him. You see, that's the difference between the unregenerate and the regenerated heart. When light shines out of darkness and we understand that we've been justified by faith and the great weight of sin rolls off our shoulders and we cry out, Abba, Father, do you know that? It comes from countless hours alone with God in the Word of God. Not simply to gain knowledge so that you become a better debater or not simply to prepare sermons, but you're alone with God in the Word of God because you want to know God. It comes from countless hours alone with God in the night watch when men with better sense are tucked in their beds. Of being shut up to God. I learned that language from old men. Of being shut up to God. Of being consumed by God in communion with God where no one can save you from Him. It comes from empowerings and fillings of the Holy Spirit. I will not give that up though you call me charismatic. Empowerings and fillings of the Holy Spirit as He replaces the virtue that has gone out of you in ministry and proves once again that it was to our benefit that Christ leave us and go to the right hand of the Father so that He might send the ever-present, all-powerful Comforter. It comes from countless trials and a peace that has absolutely nothing to do with the natural. A peace from God. A peace that passes all understanding. It comes from countless victories over sin. Yes, believers ought to have victory over sin. It comes from great victories over sin and the joy of making progress in the Christian faith and of bearing fruit that endures. But it also comes from countless failures and terrifying revelations of self and bone-crushing discipline and bending and breaking and repentance and restoration. A man of God, when he reaches old age, ought to be broken into a thousand pieces. Give us missionaries. Give us missionaries. No. Give us men who have been ravished and mauled by God and will have missionaries. You can have a high view of Jesus Christ only to the degree you have a high view of His gospel. And if you preach this truncated gospel for spiritual law thing that's going around, I can assure you that it's because you have a truncated Christ. And if in the book of Revelation we are warned that if you alter, add to, or take away from this prophecy, you will be brought under a curse, how much more, sir, will you be brought under judgment for not giving men the gospel that is the gospel of Christ? Without being truncated, without being edited, without being adorned in order to make it palatable to your carnal generation. Oh, how we should fear in preaching the gospel. Maybe you've never heard this before. Proclaim Christ as the only expected person. Do you realize how important this is? Christ made it clear. He said, I'm the fulfillment of everything. Now I want to read something to you from Lorraine Botner. Listen to this. And this is true. 
In all the history of the world, Jesus emerges as the only expected person. No one was looking for such a person as Julius Caesar or Napoleon or Washington or Lincoln to appear at the time and place that they did appear. No other person has had his, has had his course foretold or his work laid out for him centuries before he was born. But the coming of the Messiah has been predicted for centuries. We can use that and we ought to use it more in our preaching. He's the only expected person. There is no one else like him. But he's not only the only expected person, he's the context of everything. Listen to this from the Expositor's Greek New Testament. The gist of prophecy in the Old Testament, the gist of it is the suffering and the resurrection of Christ and the preaching in the name of the risen one to all nations of repentance unto remission of sins. Now missionary, you want to be encouraged and understand this. Not only the appearance of Christ was predicted, not only his death and resurrection was predicted, but also the scriptures of the Old Testament predict the, the missionary endeavors of the church and its success. Yes, I said success. So many people use this idea of election just because they don't want to go out and witness to anybody and they're convinced they're the only group that God's going to save. No, God always is successful. He's going to call forth a mighty tribe of people. Look what it says in Psalms 22 after explaining in great detail the suffering of the Messiah. In verse 27 it says this, All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will worship before you. When you go on that mission field, I don't care how dark it is. I don't care how wicked it is. You stay there long enough. You preach true enough. And somebody's coming out of there saved. It's going to happen. Missionaries, some of you, friends of mine. On the day you're slaughtered in the foreign field... and your blood comes out, I want you to bleed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bleed it. With all that is in me, I promise that we will take care of your wife and your children. Don't worry about them. But bleed the gospel. Your blood is not as precious, nor is mine, as the gospel of Jesus Christ. You will not be satisfied laying on your bed because there's been some measure of blessing on your ministry. You will not be satisfied until the flag of Christ flies on every hill of this world. You will go to bed and you will rise up in the morning with the Moravian cry, Oh, that the Lamb might receive the full reward of His suffering. It's so much bigger than all of us. It's so much bigger than all of us. Oh, that all of us would just be pulverized into dust. That our names would disappear. But that Christ would be glorified. The book of Acts is not the acts of the apostles, but the acts of the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. When Moses interceded for idolatrous Israel, stood in the gap, 
God was going to destroy them. Some lesser theologians would say that the entire destiny of the nation of Israel was being held in the hand of the man Moses. But they forget Moses was held in the hand of God and sustained by His grace. The preacher's not a spin doctor. And he's not a marketing executive. He is only a faithful messenger of what has already been said by God. And he needs to say it just the way God said it, whether anyone likes it or not. The old Brainerds and the old Edwards, they would cry out for more and more of a manifestation of the Spirit of God in their life and their ministry. Do that! Do that. And you will do well. And that was Paul Washer for a link to the entire sermon. You can go to the show notes section of this post on my website, nowheretorunradio.com. And on the right side, you can also, while you're there, sign up for the email list if you're interested. Once a month, I will email out what's been going on with this uh, ministry and links to radio interviews, other information that might not be mentioned in the show. So sign up there if you're interested. Also wanted to remind you to pray for David Icke, to pray for uh, the video as well, that it would um, just achieve God's purpose, that he would go and and just make it um, bear more fruit out there. Also wanted to remind you if anybody had any recommendations to any further material that you would suggest I study in, a, in an audio way, seminary-type skills, or maybe... Uh, even information about uh, counseling or something like that. And then also Destiny Lab, as we played some of those clips. If you're interested in their music, go to their website, destinylab.com. Great deals on their CDs. And um, if you don't have any money but you really like them, you can contact me and I'll ship you a free copy of their CD as well. Okay, everybody, thanks for your time and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Nowhere to Run. You can download all of the archives to this show and others I've done for free at NowhereToRunRadio.com. Your prayers and donations are needed and appreciated. You can partner with me to reach many more people with discipleship, apologetics, and the gospel. Go to Nowhere to Run Radio to help support this ministry. Thanks for your time.